Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face to face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Welcome to Encounter Grace. I'm Jason McKnight, and Ben Hendricks is here with me. And as always, Kent is running the magic behind the scenes. We're glad you're with us, and uh, we're going to talk about something fun and different today. Um, The latest thing on its way to being normalized for folks at large in our culture today is sports betting, which sounds so much cooler than gambling. (laughs) (laughs) Sports betting. (laughs) But now, you know, on our phones, we're able to download apps, link them to our credit card, our bank account, PayPal, whatever, and we can place small bets on all sorts of games, on all sorts of elements within the game. And so now, instead of just watching whatever game you're going to watch... A growing subset of viewers will actively be engaged in the game, viewing and betting, with more at stake than simply pride in your team winning or losing. (laughs) So this podcast isn't going to be talking about the ups and downs of sports betting or gambling, but rather about this. As with everything else on our phones and everything else in our days and everything else it seems to be in our culture, this is a new way for people to be drawn into addictive tendencies or habits that might harm us. My first conversation, Ben, with you about this was several weeks ago. I mean, several months ago, really, FanDuel and DraftKings. And it it was really about the normalization of this. And what do you think this means? Because I know I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) But like you're young and how is a young believer, not not young believer, but a young guy who's a believer and serious about Jesus, uh, considering this kind of stuff and, and where are you going with it? So we put our heads together and we thought, you know what, this probably is going to help the listening community at Encounter Grace. Yeah, and I think it's such an important topic to be talking about because it's interesting how often I have parents uh, com- like asking me about things like that. Uh, but not just as a whole, but individual little things across the way of all these little, like how should I be navigating my kids with their phones? How should I be navigating this with streaming? And then uh, all, just all these different examples that are all things that are part of the culture we live in that's cultivating a culture of addiction. Mm-hmm. Because it again, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but so many of these things are actually fine and good. It's about mm-hmm. what they can mean that if they're a part of your life or part of your kids' lives, Every single day, all of the time, what is that going to a- absolutely do to you? Right, right. And that's where the trouble is. And that's where the trouble is, is when we pick things up and re- uh, pick up habits or practices or behaviors that we just don't even realize we have or we're holding or we're doing, and we haven't evaluated whether they're good for us or yeah. not. And that's the whole deal. And I wonder if... Um, just as we as we think, like the combination of our day, our time, people, every single person listening to this will have a similar um, basket of inputs in their lives. There's a high degree of opportunity and freedom and choices and discretionary time and pastimes at our fingertips, which may not have been true for someone 200 years ago is not true for someone, you know, working in the salt mines of India, say, you know, but here we are and we've got this combination of freedom and choice and discretionary time and opportunity and all these kinds of things. And so there's behaviors and habits and practices that can happen in our lives. We might not even know it. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, okay, let's, let's think because maybe they're even controlling us. Yeah. And just as you're saying, I mean, 
just the fact that like opportunity, freedom, and choices, those are responsibilities hmm. because there are so many people who have probably, unfortunately so, missed out on a large amount of pitfalls because those things were not available to them or they just simply didn't have the time to get into them. Or, But for many of us, we do have those opportunities. Again, with just the the onset of the smartphone with every everything mm-hmm. right at your fingertips pretty much all of the time uh, to for a lot of us in the kind of coming out of uh, and still in so much uh, just all things COVID and having more <laughs> time on our hands where we're yeah. just by ourselves or wherever. And just with so many choices out there with all of this opportunity, all of this freedom, it's very easy to get into this culture of addiction. And how do we live with true freedom? in a culture of addiction. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what we're, I mean, that is, that is here. Yep. We, now, listen, what we need to do is clear the decks because we're not talking about addiction to substances like opioids or illegal drugs or alcohol. That's a different kettle of fish. What we're yeah. talking about is the habits that we have. We don't know the, the behaviors that we do. We don't realize the practice that is in our lives that is unthinking. And, and we just haven't thought about it, but we're doing it again and again and again. So we're not talking in a clinical sense or a technical sense, but rather we're talking about just the way our culture draws us yeah. into addiction. So like the Netflix show ends, the next one starts in 10 seconds. Yeah, and that judges you <laughs> after you've watched about four or five and just goes, are you still watching? I mean, like, you know. Well, yeah. They need to do it after the second show. Like, really, I <laughs> come on. You know, I'm telling you. Uh, and then, like, I think of all the. I mean, you go to the grocery store, and all of the packaging, all the food is just. I mean, like, <clears throat> you can't buy a small package of Oreos. You just can't oh. do it. You buy the one thing, you're like, oh, I'll just have one or two, and there's just no way. Uh, like, like, and don't you remember when Double Stuff came out? And, <laughs> Yeah, and you're like, why? This is amazing. I, who would ever need more? Well, they never sell the old ones anymore. Yeah, why? I don't. I don't know where they and are. Now we're at triple stuff or mega stuff and all that. All stuff. of the, all of the above, or, or, um, you know, a lot of people cannot start their day till they look at the phone. Yeah, they just can't. I mean, it's it's like that's the thing I got to do. Or I notice this a lot, and and this is with everyone. I mean, not everyone because there's some people that not, but it's with me. And with others is that the conversation lulls and I pull out my phone. <laughs> it's so bad. It's a behavior I don't realize I'm having. And, and you can call it an addiction. It's not maybe in a chemical dependency sense, but it's there. Yeah. So what are we going to do about it? Ben, solve this for us, will you? Yeah, once and for all, right? <laughs> well, I know that and one of the reasons why we want to do this was just helping people, one, see this in our culture of this. So many things, and we'll get to a lot of those here in a little bit are just built around for us to become addicted to them. Mm-hmm. And that can sound a little evil, but some of it's just really good marketing as well. But we want to help people see that that's true, that that this is something that we all are, are actually having to navigate. And then yeah, what does it look like it. to actually navigate it? Right. So I think maybe what we do first is let me just lean into a little bit of addictive behavior. Okay. And then let me ask you to lean into a little bit of how our culture pushes us into that. Yeah. And then the both of us at the end can say, well, here's a couple of steps okay. we can all take. So what is addictive behavior? And um, <laughs> you know, to when you have a draw to do something, you may not even realize it, but when you have a draw to do something over and over again until you no longer even think about it, you can't live without it, that's an addictive behavior. Mm. That's a habit 
that has just kind of moved to own you. The draw to do something over and over again until you no longer think about it. So there's me pulling out my phone if I feel like I'm not in the conversation. That's like, it's not, it's not a addiction in its most horrible sense, but it's just a habit I don't even know I'm doing. Yeah. But it's in my pocket. It's right there. Like if I didn't have a phone 25 years ago, I wouldn't have that habit. Yeah. So there it is. So it's the move from conscious intent to subconscious default when we're talking about a behavior. Mm. A habit that you kind of don't even know you're doing. Now, habits, by the way, habits can be one of three things. So it, it can be an automatic action that we train ourselves to do so that we can do it without thinking about it. And my example, I, I park, you know, our, our, where we park our cars is in our backyard. And so I drive all the way to the back of the house, have to turn around. And then, you know, to get out of, uh, in the morning, I have to back my car up and drive down the driveway. And I'm telling you, I have done that so many times. I can do it with my eyes closed, half asleep with no coffee while I'm texting. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just become a habit because I know exactly where the fence is, where the end of the driveway is, all that kind of stuff. How, when to start turning the car and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Because what's happened is in my brain, I've developed a habit and a neural pathway has been formed so that my brain can check out and I can do the habit. Mm. Now, that's a conscious thing that we do all the time. I can't brush my teeth with my right hand. Uh, but I can brush them only wow. with my left hand. But I can, you know, it's just, it's hilarious. I try it with my other hand every once in a while. I look like an idiot. Uh, and now everybody thinks I'm an idiot because <laughs> only with my left hand. But that's just what it is. I mean, you just make this habit and there it is. Okay, that's first thing, a neural pathway that's formed by repeated action. But we, it's how our bodies have, have been wired by the Lord to allow us to do things with minimal energy. Some yeah. of these repeated things of the day. Charles Duhigg in The Power of Habit, he talks a lot about that. Hmm. Second thing a habit is, is a daily practice that we talk about and make ourselves do. So we in the Christian world talk about the habit of reading scripture each morning, the habit of prayer. Now that's not the neural pathway that we do without thinking, brushing your teeth with the left hand. It's a purposeful thing you do. Okay, that's habit in the number two definition. And the third definition of habit is something that we default to unthinkingly. And that's what we're talking about here today. So it's not like a good thing that we carve out of our day, you know, going for a walk with your sweetie or uh, a neural pathway that you don't have to think about. It's this unconscious, subconscious default that we adopt and we don't even know we're doing it. So that's what we're talking about in addictive behavior uh, in this in this cultural sense, is these these habits we don't even know we have, and they just we just keep doing them. And of course, that's why it's addictive because we just keep doing them, and we don't know we're doing them. Yeah. And we develop these practices, these habits, without realizing it. Um, the repetition of it, the unthinkingness of it, the draw of it, in a very real sense, means these master us, but we don't know it. There's a power exerted over us which is why then we talk about it as addiction or, mm -hmm. or an addictiveness. Um, now, there's a four-way test. You and I kind of developed this. We, we thought this through as we were talking last week, um, and we developed a bit of a four-way test to see if something, something is addictive to you, and, and I think it's helpful. So if, if it's something that I have to have and can't live without, well, maybe it's your master. Maybe it 
has an addictive hold on you. If it's something that I have to have and can't live without. If it's something that I move toward when it's present, which just put the phone on the table. And and once you see that phone there, you move towards it in your mind. And if it rings and you're in a conversation with your wife, don't look at the phone. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, there's something there. If it's, you know, if I move towards it when it's present, that's the second thing. If it's something I don't feel right without or that I think will make me happy to be with, you know, oh man, like, you know, when you go through a TV show, you know, we, we do this. I mean, we're, we're, we go through shows one at a time kind of thing and we're, we'll watch one or two episodes several nights a week depending on what's going on. But after a while, they're like your friends and you're, wait, we, you know, we haven't seen the Seinfeld guys for a little while. <laughs> we better get back there. You know, maybe it's too much of a habit. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to give an, uh, a little thing. It's something if I, I don't feel right if it's not there or I think it's going to make me happy to be with it or if it is there. And then the fourth one is if it's something that I'll sacrifice other good things to do. Hmm. Um, so if I have to have it, can't live without it. If I move toward it when it's present, if I don't feel right, if it's not with me, or I think it'll make me happy. And then other, the last one is if, I, if I'll sacrifice other things. And one of the things I really like about these is I think it helps us diagnose. I mean, exactly mm-hmm. what it's supposed to do. Uh, when something has moved into an addiction because that can get a little confusing if we're only asking one of these questions because something may be in that category but it might not be an addiction but these are kind of like venn diagrams that are asking this and if something hits in the middle and say yes on all four it really might be one and it probably is it's because there are so many things in life that you know you have to have and you can't live without Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but the second that thing starts becoming so important that you're willing to sacrifice all these other good things just to have it or just to be a part of it. Like, mm-hmm. well, that, that starts moving into a different place. And I, so I think for everyone listening, this, what a great thing it is to be able to have these four questions and, and ask, like if there's something you've been worried about, just be able to look and go, okay, am I yes here or no here? Am I yes here? Am I, uh, yeah. where, where do you fall? Yeah. In fact, we should put a plate of Oreos on the table during this podcast <laughs> and see how many we'd eat. There wouldn't be any by now. Well, I'd make you do way more of the talking. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I'd mute my mic and eat. All right. Well, then, um, what is it about our culture that trends towards the addictive? Yeah. I mean, I mean what are you? I mean, you, you know, cultural guru, tell us now, yeah. solve it for us. And the, <laughs> Oracle and so, of Delphi. And so the last thing I want to do is simply bash culture. No, uh, no. Because culture, it really in so many ways is a great thing. Uh, but I want to give two things that I think culture is doing that a lot of us are, might not be noticing. And the first one is this. It's pushing us towards addictive things. Let me give you some examples. Uh, just think of food. I mean, so much of our food industry right now is fast food where it gives bigger and bigger portions mm-hmm. where, I mean, most of these companies are not even giving you smalls anymore uh, where the large <laughs> are really the size of, I mean, <laughs> Matt, these like they're they're almost like horse food troughs at this point, right? And then so pushing us into uh, faster, larger, and that uh, it almost all revolves around sugar at this point. Like there's been mm, so many or uh, salt or salt. Yeah, like thinking I'm thinking McDonald's, the Big yep. Mac, <laughs> which is my... like just so much research done with sugar that mm. is look is beginning to kind of look at sugar more in the realms of an addictive, and I hesitate to say yeah. drug, right? But as something severely addictive, then it is just something that we shouldn't really think about. I mean, just that so many of our food choices are more based on neural pathways and addiction Mm -hmm. 
than it is just simply, oh, I just, this happens to be one of my favorite foods. Right. Uh, another one is if, and we'll all notice this, if you spent any time watching any movies, any shows, uh, or most of anything, it's all, it's subscription everything. That one-time fees, a lot of marketers, a lot of companies have found are hard to get people to commit to, or that mm. one time, like, you got to pay this large amount and then you never have to worry about it. Like a lot of people are not willing to try it at that point. Right. But if you reduce that to monthly fees each and every month, just these small things that people can kind of put on auto draft and then they kind of form a habit here and there. And it's, oh, okay, $4.99 is not a big deal. And then, oh, it's $4.99 every month. Like I've been paying that for years now. I mean, it's just another $4.99. Right. right. It very slowly but very surely starts building up habits of that's just something that I do. Mm-hmm. And and I can't live without. Yep. And I and so as we were talking about this, yeah, we were kind of talking like I wonder how many of we looked at our bank statements have these four ninety nine <laughs> charges that we go ah they've just always been there. I mean it's only four ninety nine. Yeah. It's not even worth trying to figure out how to cancel it or whatever, right? Mm. And so and, those and they know and they price point it there. Yeah. And we see there's so many examples of this. I mean all the way from food plans like companies mm. like HelloFresh where mm. you know those those are good things because. They're, they're helping you in maybe a couple of times a week have a meal that's easy and it's a it's a better meal than microwaving it, right? But it's easy to just fall into that and that's another thing. Gaming is doing that well. The majority of the big game video games out there are pushing to subscription-based uh, all the way from, hmm. uh, I mean, Microsoft with and the PlayStation stores are, are mostly subscription-based and then on. And then movies and streaming services that a lot of cable has bro- been broken up because it's that big... Big price tag, but uh, even if it is monthly, but now all these companies are doing their own little things for their services because it's only $5 a month. Right. Well, you might have to get 30 of those, and you just made your cable bill. Mm-hmm. But those are a little bit easier to swallow. Right. Uh, some other ones, I mean, just social media in general, mm-hmm. like likes, comments, views. Those are addictive. Like, let's mm-hmm. just be honest. They Absolutely. are what they are. Yep. Like, from if you're a producer, if you're the one putting out all the, the content, you love to see how many likes, how many comments, and how many views you have. Mm-hmm. There's just something great about it. I'm not a major social media guy, but if I post something, I like to know that people liked it. Mm-hmm. But also from the consumer side, I mean, to be able to like certain videos, to be able to cultivate your feed, your feed, there's just something addictive about that. I mean, I was even talking with a parent not too long ago uh, who was sitting there with her daughter kind of right next to her, going through their Instagram account. And so she sets her phone down, runs to the bathroom, and then comes back, and she sees her daughter holding her phone. And she goes, like, with this excitement, goes, Mom, I filled in all the hearts, and we've <laughs> got to fill in the rest. Some people live like that. I mean, she didn't know. Yeah. These companies know what they're doing. Yeah, they do. And then just phones in general. And again, phones, none of these things are ultimately bad things, but just phones in general, like every app right in your hand at any moment, these apps designed to sell their services that if you, like no longer is something like your finances, you have to go to a computer and go look at that. It's on your phone right then. No longer, like if you want to play fantasy football, you can play it any second of any day. If you want to gamble any second of any day, you'd be on any social media any second of any day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just see this culture just that's constantly pushing anything and everything all of the time. I think you're right. I mean, even, even out of the phone into um, 24-hour news cycle, yeah. like – Everybody's hooked on news, and that means hooked on politics, and that means more divided. (laughs) Um, Amazon Prime. 
everybody's hooked on getting stuff. Yeah. Because it can get here tomorrow. Yeah. I, we actually once ordered something and it got there that afternoon. This is Kingston. We're not even in Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. All right. So just, I think the, the first thing that culture is doing that a lot of times we don't notice is it's pushing us towards addictive things. But the second one is it's pushing us away from moderation. Mm. And I just said it a second ago, but there really does seem to be this mantra or this motto in which we're all uh, kind of in unison agreeing to and even chanting with at times, but never quite notice we are. And it is the anything and everything all of the time, anything and everything all of the time without filters, without breaks. We want everything that we can as much of it as we possibly can. And we want it at any moment, every second of the day, because why do you need breaks? Why do you need filters? Why do you need to limit uh, yourself from anything? Why do you need moderation? You don't, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the lie that's our culture right. is telling us. And it takes things that are normally just fine and good by themselves, and it, it, it focuses in on them. It puts us in front of them. It even shines a light on some of our darkest habits and our darkest sins. Mm -hmm. And out from that is never anything really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we start seeing rises of, again, some of these fine things like ga gaming and even exercise, uh, uh, just from so many social media things. Like, w we just have a culture that's constantly pushing us into focusing more and more of our attention and time and energy all on these things. And I think that's really what addiction is. Mm -hmm. It's when it is taking this mental space, and that's all you can think about. It's, I wonder w if we really thought about all of these different places, and there's so many other ones, and we each individually applied them to those four things. Those four, uh, that four-way test yeah. is how many of them would be highlighted here? How many of them would be yeses to a lot of these? Mm -hmm. Because we live in a culture that really is telling us anything and everything all of the time. Hmm. And what I was reading about this, uh, one of my favorite books from James K. Smith, and we were talking about this not too long ago, that in his book, You Are What You Love, he talks about these things. And he frames them in the realm of cultural liturgies, which for a lot of us, we just, we're like, what? Yeah. Uh, but that's, this is exactly what he's talking about, all these things that are in our culture that are wooing us and calling us into themselves. And so what are those things that are calling us and that are mm -hmm. into an addictive behavior? Because they're there. Mm -hmm. And are we aware of them? And are we thinking of things in those terms? Yeah. So how do we live with freedom? I mean, a culture that pushes us away from moderation and pushes us towards addictive things um, a cultural liturgy, meaning meaning just the pathways of our culture, like a, a liturgy is the pathways of a church service. Yeah. Um, what what does it look like to live with freedom in a culture that pushes us towards addiction? Well, let's think about that a little bit together. Um, I love Galatians five one. It says, "It is for freedom that Christ has set you free, mm -hmm. and so don't let yourself be enchained again." And, you know, it's for freedom, not just freedom from sin and punishment and doom and death, but freedom from meaninglessness and freedom from mindless habits and freedom from uh, malaise and, and banality, freedom to matter. Mm. So don't let yourself be taken captive again. Uh, so how can we take a couple of steps into this freedom that Christ has set us free for? Well, the first thing is, I, I, you know, we thought of three things, and the first one is knowing, mm -hmm. <laughs> knowing that we can be free, knowing that these things are 
possibly drawing us into themselves, knowing that our culture pushes addiction and pushes us away from limits and moderation. I mean, G.I. Joe is right. Knowing is half the battle. <laughs> you know, we're, we're halfway there. But just if you're listening this far, if you haven't turned this off, you're someone who's going to say, okay, let me, let me keep thinking how I can know this, how I can live this, how I can be free. Um, I think secondly, remember that four-way test for addiction a little bit ago? <laughs> what if we use that for living by the Spirit? So if something is that I have to have and can't live without, what if that was the Spirit for you? Something I move towards when it's present? Hmm, the Spirit? Something I don't feel right without? Ah, the Spirit. Something I'll sacrifice other good things for? Yes, because you'll get them back when you seek first His kingdom. Imagine if our lives were characterized by being led by the Holy Spirit. What growth and flourishing and adventure and joy... It would bring to our lives what all these gifts we've talked about, the sugary foods and the phones and the whatever, all these gifts, but in their right measure. If the Holy Spirit is number one in our lives and we're developing the, like properly developing the habit of leaning into the Holy Spirit, if he's something I have to have, can't live without, Mm -hmm. he's something I'm moving towards, something I don't feel right without, something I'll sacrifice anything else for. Uh, I remember in my early 20s, I read Charles Stanley's book, The Wonderful Spirit-Filled Life. Did you ever read that? I have not. I mean, it's it's a terrible title, <laughs> <laughs> The Wonderful Spirit-Filled Life. But it was such a pivotal book for me because it was a book about the Holy Spirit by someone who was not an uber-charismatic uh, and, and I come from a background that is not charismatic. And so this, you know, Charles Stanley's a trustworthy guy for me on this. And it was wonderful. And, um, and he helped me understand and the truths, you know, the biblical truths he laid out, how to walk in the spirit and love the spirit and talk to the spirit and obey him and listen for him and all that kind of stuff, surrendering to the spirit, watching him develop his fruit in my life. And so that's become a way for me to do battle with the culture of addiction and the sinfulness of addiction uh, in my own life. But that's, that's been helpful for me. Mm. Um, so Holy Spirit, number two. Um, and then I think a third one is, you know what? Break the flow in life. Like addiction feeds off of doing things again and again and again without thinking about it. So we know now, we have the Spirit now, so then go ahead and make a break. Mm. Go ahead and make a break. Replace these unthinking habits with purposeful practices that become, you know, the habits. Now, what's the, what's the spiritual term for these habits that lead to maturity? Some kind of discipline. Yeah, maybe? the spiritual disciplines. And, I mean, I, that's all it is. I mean, these wonderful spiritual disciplines. You know, Grant's been teaching about it here at Grace, uh, Grant Yao on Sunday mornings, yeah. and we just love it. And we've all been teaching about it, thinking about it. Um, I, I mean, here's a small little example. The, the, the beautiful spiritual discipline of silence and or solitude, that's a great way to break the, I wake up, I got to look at my phone. Mm -hmm. Just to let the first five minutes be walking in silence or or sitting in silence or the first 20 minutes to be alone, solitude with the Lord Mm -hmm. and your coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And then you attend to the Lord. Well, and then you can start your day with the phone or maybe 35 years ago, we would have said with the newspaper, you know, like, 
now you can go out into the world, but silence and solitude as a way to break mm. from that. Anyway, I mean, replacing a, a bad habit or a neutral habit with a good practice, a good purposeful habit. Yeah, one of the things I love about spiritual disciplines is I think they offer a lot of hope uh, just because a lot of us do get stuck in bad habits and we get stuck in addiction. And the, the promise of a spiritual discipline is that you know, you, there can be change and there is hope to take steps out of uh, whatever difficult situation or whatever you're caught in and be able to actually walk out of that and still find hope, joy, and life in the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's real hope in that. Mm-hmm. And so here, and like for a lot of us, maybe that is, maybe some of our addictive habits have had a toll on our walks with the Lord, but for some of us, maybe they haven't. And so for some of us, maybe we do need to take a step in walking in a little bit closer with the Lord. But for some of us, it's just, just as you were saying, the silence and solitude of breaking up our day to get away from those simple uh, addictions and those things that are cultivating. But I find all three of these so just helpful of one, I mean, just getting to know that, know that there really is an issue. There is a problem Mm -hmm. here that our culture, the one that we live in, uh, that we call home is in so many ways calling us to lives of addicts and, and to put it bluntly, Mm -hmm. uh, but two, to kind of have that before us of going, well, do these same tests, these same things apply to the spirit for me? Uh, I mean, when we were talking about that earlier, I, I was just convicted of that. I'm like, I Hmm. I don't know. uh, because it's it's really corny to say it this way, but like, do you have the same addictive tendencies to God that you do for these other things? And I was, I don't, I don't know if I always do. Right. Right. Uh, but as you were just saying, what a joy it is to be able to walk in these hmm. in these habits and these disciplines to start cultivating even more so for so many of us just a life that that does look completely on fire and saturated and even addicted to the Lord. Uh, so Jason, just thank you for mm. those. Those are there's so much life in that. There is, and I mean, I just love it. it's for freedom that Christ has set us free, and so mm. let's let's live into the freedom He gives. Uh, here in this culture that's kind of addicting. <laughs> ben, thank you for the, the... I mean, it was a great, great conversation last week as we bantered for an hour or so. I mean, I was thoroughly engaged. And now I think we've, we've been able to help folks as they listen. And I know, you know, uh, people have friends who are sort of on the rat race or on the treadmill and um, send this to them. Maybe this is helpful in some way to have people live with a tiny little bit more intentionality as we just all kind of seek to encounter God's grace in our lives. So send it on, encourage each other with this, and uh, we thank everybody for joining us. And Ben, thank you for being here today. Yep. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit Grace